almost a week has passed and I still can't believe it. I'm still in shock. I still don't want to believe it. Shane Warne is no longer with us. This is a bit of a somber note to start off our first episode for the 2022 season. Um, I'm joined by uh, my co-host Nash, who I have to thank because he's doing this really early in Darwin. It's like what, just past 7am now there? Yeah. Uh, because this is the time when my son, my two-month-old son, wants to sleep. He's, he's taken it from his father. He likes to stay up at night. Nash, how are you, mate? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, but firstly, congratulations are in order for you, um, new father. Thank you. Um, hopefully it's been it's been good. Late nights, getting uh, getting your son re- uh, ready for cricket matches. Yes, he's getting ready for the cricket matches, for IPL, for um, for Premier League. But, <laughs> yeah. no, it's, it's been a very fun nine weeks. Very fun nine weeks. Um, he's very alert boy. Yeah. He likes to stay awake. So, but... Um, is asleep now, which is good. So we can do this. We can yep, do this. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good to be back. Good to be back after what? hundred percent. Yeah. Wow. It's been that long. That's crazy. The time's flying. We're already in March. Um, plenty happening in the cricketing world. A uh, lot. A lot. Number one, the number one thing that's still in my mind, it's almost like everything else is irrelevant for a second is, is, is warning. Um, he had an amazing impact on so many people, myself, yourself, Nash, you want to, Start with some words because you um, are a leg spinner yourself and I'm yes. sure you would have been inspired by Warney. Yeah, absolutely. Because um, as I think the the minute I got that news, I I, I texted you and um, said to you that yeah. it's, it's been it's been absolutely devastating because I growing up, he was my one of the two biggest idols in cricket. Obviously, the other one being Sachin, but um yeah, I idolized Shane Warne as a leg spinner growing up, and it was it was really devastating to hear the news that we would not see him more on the telly now, and um, we have to be yeah. Content. You went, you went, you went exactly. You won't hear like his his cricketing thoughts. He can't exactly. You know, see people or see other commentators yeah. pick his brain, and yeah. you know, and and he was he was absolute, he was an absolute genius. Like most, mm. most of his tributes that I've seen, everyone has said the same thing that when he talked yeah. about cricket, he was the best there was. And you, as you rightly put in your article on, on your blog, that if Hardwood taught cricket, Shane Warne would be the top professor. And that, that, I think Absolutely. that is the perfect way to sum him up. Some, some his cricketing brain up because he was mm. the best analyzer of the cricket. He was the best, student of the cricket out there the way he spoke about the game the way he spoke about it about a particular match and a particular situation was you know was um absolutely unparalleled yeah so i was um yeah at the time i was trying to put my kids to sleep and then didn't check my phone or anything till about what was it 2 a.m sydney time um and then where well, i saw all the the messages saw your message saw another message from a friend uh, saw the tags, the tweets. I couldn't believe it. Like it was just a huge shock. Um, yeah, hundred percent. His cricketing brain was was unmatched. He had all the ability. Like I wrote that. You know, a lot of leg spinners come and go. Even a lot of Test cricketers come and go, but they can't quite cut it at that level because there's more to it than just talent. But Warney's cricketing brain was just unbelievable. And you know, you talk about the the Mike Gatting ball, and that's a very popular one. But there's so many others, particularly the way he bowled the flipper when he was able to bowl yeah. it before his shoulder surgery. Yeah, how smart he would set it up. 
like what I learned from Morning over the years is like, it's not bad to concede a boundary. It's actually better to concede a boundary than a single if you're setting up uh, the batsman. So like you can, you can give away a boundary. Um, like for example, he'll bowl a short wide leg spinner. Yeah. That will turn away and will crash it to the boundary and the batsman's thinking, oh yeah, I'm in business here. Like Warren is yep. off today. And, and then all of a sudden Warren will just bowl the flipper in the same spot, but it'll shoot through and, LBW yep. bowl and, comes into play. It's just genius. Tell you what, I've used that ideology in my cricketing career a lot of times that give away boundaries. I've given away a lot of boundaries. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, honestly, you know, there was yeah, there was no one better to set up a batsman than Shane Warne as a bowler. He always said, um, I remember watching his um, videos and you know his tutorials growing up. He always said think of the shots you want the batsman to play um, and then bowl to those shots. Um, if, the, mm. if, the, if you want the batsman to play a cut shot to a boundary, bowl to that. And that's where he set it up. That's where he set the batsman up and he was the best to do, in doing so. 100%. It was also, he was always thinking, how can I get you out? Like he, he, Vaughan would never, ever, ever go on the defensive. Yeah. Um, he would always take the game to you. Um, and always try to figure out a way to get you out. Um, you know, whether it be a player around his legs or with the flipper or with the wrongen or the the, the the ripping leg break or whatever it might be. He's always thinking, yeah, I've got to find a way to attack. So that's why, you know, I was discussing with my uncle last week as well. Like Warren would have been a very good captain. Um, he didn't get the opportunity to, but he's, he's cricketing brain, but he's, he's, um, his instinct to attack He's always to say, how am I going to get you out? How are we going to get wickets? And it was like that on commentary too. Like, yep. as I said, he would always say, I would, I'd rather concede a boundary than give a single because I need to bowl consecutive deliveries to one player rather than always have different players on strike. I can't get any rhythm and try set a player up. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And so I that's think- why he's really clever. Yeah. Yep. And I think the most important thing was, as you said, he always looked to take wickets. That means he Mm. always kept the game simple. He, you know, taking wickets for a baller is one of the most basic things in cricket and one of the most important things in cricket. And that that is how um, I saw Shane one as well. He kept things simple. He did not overcomplicate things. Um, He bowled to a plan. He set the batsman up. And it worked for him 708 times in test match cricket. So amazing. um, Amazing. But the other thing I would like to point out as well is him, not only as a cricketer, but as a person, he, he, uh, well, obviously I did not personally know him, but um, he looked happy when he played cricket. He looked, you know, and I saw, I saw um, a segment from, um, from a show, Australian show called the front bar where um, mm. Glenn Robbins was talking about him. Glenn Robbins is a renowned actor in Australia. And he was talking yes, about right. him that, you know, wh- once he stepped in that gate on the field, he makes sure you're happy. That's, that was Shane mm. Wan's ideology. So no matter what you did the day before, you met, whether you, you know, drank a lot of beers, whether you ate a lot oh, of Warnie, pies. Warnie would, would uh, smoke a lot too. Exactly. Game and, and it doesn't matter if you stay up, make sure you do what makes you that's happy right. to play cricket. And that to me, I think is a simple ideology, but most of the modern cricketers don't follow that. They overthink it's, things and they overthink the game. That's and, so true, isn't it? 
Absolutely. It's the most, mm. probably one of the most important things in cricket that you have to keep things simple. Um, cricket is a simple sport. And, and, and back yourself, isn't it? Exactly. Because the fear of failure can, can really um, dominate proceedings exactly. if you, you know you got that exactly. fear of failure you almost you almost freeze and, and cricket is a sport where you're in the spotlight it's yep. you bowling or it's you batting and um you know if that fear if you got that fear of failure yeah like warning out from all reports like he wasn't the, the greatest trainer or yep. um didn't have the best diet but when he went on the field like it was completely different he, absolutely the competitive spirit would come in and yeah you're 100 right there absolutely um i'd like to ask you one question Mm. Out of all the years you've watched Warney play cricket, one day and test match, and even IPL, um, what what would be what would be that one delivery? Might not be a wicket, uh, but what would be that one delivery that probably you know you remember or you always remember? Yeah, there's a few. Um, as I mentioned in my article, I love his the way he set up the likes of Daryl Cullinan and Alex Stewart with the flipper. Yeah. That, that was really special and that will always stick with me because that's a lesson that Warren always uh, taught how to set up a player. And the genius of Warren to say, okay, have the boundary, but I'll, I'll get you the next ball or, yep. or a few deliveries later. And of course, man, um, you know, the gadding ball, but also that Strauss ball in 2005 um, where Strauss went across to leave it and Warren just ripped one past him and then hit the stumps. There's just so many, uh, but, but those that those few um, stick in my mind. Yeah. How about yourself? How um, about yourself? It's a it's a funny one, but do you remember? It's not. It's sometimes talked about, but do you remember um, the delivery to Bazit Ali, the Pakistan batter, yeah. at the last? Yes. I think it was the last. Um, the last, last ball. ball of the day. Um, so he, Warren and Healy having a chat before it. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. That yeah, to me sums up Shane Warren perfectly because um, that's another very good one. Yep. Yeah, Shane Warren always said in interviews that Bazid Ali always kept Australians waiting and all, always tested their patience. And um, things got a bit heated during that last over. So Shane Warren just called Ian Healy, Ian Healy up and just mm. chatted about what they were doing for dinner and just random chat, nothing related yeah. to cricket, and just kept. <laughs> Pazidali waiting. Um, and as things happened to Shane Warne, um, he ripped one from round the wicket and threw Bazidali's legs for um in the on the last ball of the day and yeah, got got his wicket. That was that, Unbelievable. that will always re- I'll always remember that. But obviously there there are other um obvious deliveries like the Mike Caring one, the Daryl Cullen, yeah. the the Alex Stewart one, even the uh, Shane, uh, Andrew Strauss one, but also one with um, it, it's a great piece of cricket because uh, the one from 2005 Ashes to Ian Bell. Um, it's oh, a, yeah, where he left it. Yep. It's 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 yes. a it's a big piece of cricket from in my life because the commentary is by Richie Beno as well. Oh, um, yeah. And that just sums cricket for in the 2000s isn't it uh, so Shane Warne bowling setting the per- batsman perfectly for 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 his um, slider just, and then just a, go- a golden era you know I'd yeah. do anything just to go back and witness one game live 
uh, with Warney, McGrath, and, and and have Richie Benno in the commentary box. Absolutely, like, and and no Twitter, and no Twitter, and oh no Twitter, that would be nice. <laughs> like, can you imagine Twitter, for example, after Warren's debut, one hundred and fifty? Absolutely. Oh, oh, who's this guy? Yeah, who's this guy is no good. <laughs> Drop him. Um, another great delivery and another great spell that um, I want to mention as well is that ninety-nine World Cup. So you know we, the semi-final against South yep. Africa. Yep. So the that Hershey game, Gibbs that game. Oh, what a delivery! But that that game is often associated, you know, with with the the moment of madness, um, you know, that run out at the end, the thrilling finish. But it was actually South Africa had a great start, but it was Warren who turned the game. Yep. With an unbelievable spell, he took four wickets in that game and and brought everyone with him. He was yep. the one to fire everyone up and get them believing. Um, I still, yeah, remember watching that spell um, time and time again over the years. That delivery to Gibbs, just. Yep. Unbelievable. And Warren's presence on the field and how he brought everyone on the journey with him and said, we can do this. That that was also one that epitomized his his legacy. And as well, the 2005 Ashes, he took 40 wickets. Yep. And he scored a lot of runs in a losing series. Michael Vaughan said last week that England would have won that 4-1 had it not been 4-1 and 100% agree. Yep, absolutely. And, 100% agree. And to me, I think growing up watching Shane Warren he was the perfect, you know, he exploited the footmarks perfectly. I, I have never seen any other baller do that to such perfection. Um, I was just watching last night a couple of videos um, of him in the 2001 Ashes in England. Um, before the 2005-1, the, I think it was 2001 or 2. Um, and he... England were like 170 for two on day one in England. And he obviously ball doesn't spin in England, you know, on day one, at least. Um, but Shane Warne exploited those footmarks to perfection and got those wickets through the gap all off the lefty. And it was just a, just a delightful, you know, um, situation to be in watching Shane Warne at his best, at his genius. peak and an absolute genius. Yeah, absolutely amazing. Um, and, you know, I'm always going to watch, you know, we're blessed that Warney had a lot of masterclasses for Sky Sports, for Channel 9, for Fox Cricket. There was one in particular a couple of years ago during the West Indies series in England where Warren would, would view videos from of kids sending their videos through bowling leg spin. Um, and he was reviewing it, I think, with uh, Michael Atherton. And... Oh, that was one I was watching live that night of Warren reviewing the, um, the the actions of the kids and giving them tips and advice yep. and just how smart he was, how he could pick something straight away and say, this is what you should fix. You should fix your hip drive or your front arm or whatever it might be. But I think Warren always had the time for people. And I think that's where a lot of the tributes come in as well for, from a lot of people. It's like he, had, he always had the time for everyone. Um, he would even spend time with the kids. He was always passionate about spinners coming through. Yep. And hopefully more and more people are inspired by Warren. And, um, you know, I think it's it's fitting that we'll see a leg spinner play for Australia today in Mitch Swepson. And I hope he can do yep. well um, after Warren is passing. So, Nash, I wanted to ask you, like, what was your favourite match involving Warren or a match where Warren, um, you know, really turned it and, um, you know, in Australia's favour or his brilliance? Oh, I would say, I would say, I, I wouldn't say it was a match particularly that 
I wouldn't say it's a, it's one match. I would say a series that um, mm. sums up Shane Warne for me is the 2005 Ashes. Even though Australia, mm. I know Australia lost um, and there were some close calls, but Shane Warne in that series from both sides was the best bowler um, according Comfortably, to Comfortably. I think well, he took 40 wickets. I think the yeah. next best was flint off with about 24, I think. Yeah, he took 45 in that, in that um, series and there's a full montage of those wickets on obviously on Rob Linda's um, YouTube channel. So um, mm-hmm. listeners, you can go watch all his 45 wickets from the Ashes series on. And on also don't forget his, the run, the runs he scored in that. Yeah, series exactly. Too. Exactly. He, th- that was the series where he scored 99, wasn't it? Um, no, no, it wasn't. No, he scored 99. That was against New Zealand uh, in Perth, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I don't, think, was, don't, so. don't think he scored 99 in the Ashes, but I think he, he did score half yeah, centuries he, and things yeah, like that. Yeah, he did score a very few. good. Yeah, and, and that, that, series, that series as a baller for Shane Warne, I think it it just sums up perfectly what, what a baller genius, Shane Warne was. G- genius. And we, we had Richie in the in the commentary box and we had a full houses in a great series and a crowd appreciating his genius. And... For me, like if I had to pick one game that really sticks with me uh, about Warren, it'd be the 2006 Adelaide test. You know, yeah. like that, that's one amazing Adelaide. It was Warren who said, again, like similar to the 99 World Cup semi, it's like, come with me. We could still do this. We're putting England under pressure in the morning. We can still win this game. Everything was pointing to a boring draw, but it was Warren who said, we're going to do this. And he yeah. was, his, his wicket to Peterson is always one, you know going that full one because he thinks Peterson's going to go for the sweep, bowls him around his legs. So it's that never say die attitude for Shane Warne. Yeah. Um, I think that really epitomized the um, the Australian team of that time. And, you know, you look at Shane, uh, Steve Warne, Ricky Ponting as captains, amazing captains, amazing records, but it really helped that you had Shane Warne in that team, not only because of his bowling, but his overall attitude. Absolutely. To bring, Absolutely. Other, to bring other people in that team, he was always a leader of that team. Um so just to paint a picture, Warren scored 249 runs in the Ashes as well. He did score a 90. He yes. scored 90. Yep, in, that's in, what not I a 99. Yep. Yeah, he scored 90. So he was close. Um, oh, it's just starting to rain here again. <laughs> We've had enough rain here in Sydney. Um, <laughs> bloody hell. Just starting yeah. to fall down again. We oh, had a few it... days of respite after a few weeks of nonstop rain. Now it's just coming down a bit again. Is it pouring down? Um no, not really. Just a just a light shower, but had enough of it to be honest. Yeah. Um, Th- thank God there's no more test matches there. Yeah, that, that's what <laughs> it felt like. It almost felt like there was a, a test match at the SCG, and the weather knew it. So we're gonna have to start raining. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So um, amazing, Warney, uh, incredible um, influence on so many people, including you and I, and he'll be very missed. So onto a test match starting today. Um, review that first one for me. If you had to describe that first test in maybe two or three words, what would you say? Um, that was, uh, the Pakistan-Australia one. Well, long. Let, let's forget <laughs> it. Let's yeah, forget let, it. Let, let's that's forget I'm, it. Let's forget it. I think that's the, that, that's the best way let's to describe fuck. that first yeah. test. Um, Karachi starts today. Uh, but 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 look but look honestly before before we move on to the second test, I'll just say one thing about the first test is that yes it was boring um it was long it was just how many wickets fell not even 
14. Not even, not even yeah, 14. So that's the um, lowest in history. That's the lowest in history for a match that lasted over 330 overs. Yeah, yeah. But but just look over the last five years. If you if you look at the, um, let's say if you look at Test cricket till 2005 or even 2010, there were so many of these matches that just there happened. Were. And since 2010, particularly in the subcontinent, yeah, exactly. And since 2010, even at some, even a place like Melbourne had, you know, a lot of these test matches over the years. But even since 2010, even in this bowling era, you got to have one of these test matches. Um, there ought to be one know, of one of these uh, test yeah, matches. You got to try avoid them because it's yeah, yeah, absolutely, now. absolutely. And I'm not uh, saying uh, why I say that. Why I say that? Sorry. It, you talk about the pre-2010, and I understand what you mean. There were a lot of flat pitches in that time. I remember some matches between Pakistan and Sri Lanka and India, yep. Sri Lanka, though. They, they're some very dead pitches. Yep. But why I would say now is that test crickets, um, we, need, we need good test matches for the game to thrive and survive because you look at the white ball rise since yep. then, it's a very different time in terms of T20 cricket dominating. So how are you going to attract people to test cricket? And the Pakistan-Australia first test is not a way to do it. Yeah, absolutely. It's not. It's not. I'm not, not, not even advertising for those kind of pitches. I'm just saying that there's Bound going to, to happen, be, yeah, there's going to be one odd test match here and there where, you know, the pitch is dead, that things don't happen. Um, hmm. And maybe Karachi will you know give a it's expecting to turn so yeah exactly they're, they're predicting it'll turn if not the first day then maybe from late day two day three etc so i think i think the toss will be important in this one yeah, but first and get runs on the board and, um, and i'm really glad to see swepson in the team there because i he should have been there in the first test like, exactly for me exactly i was very vocal about this on twitter like um, providing my two cents worth. It's like you pick a team that you're going to pick for the Gabba from an Australian perspective. You pick the three quicks, Cameron Green, Nathan Lyon. All right? yep. The pitch had absolutely no grass on it four days out from the test match. You know how it's going to play. Maybe I probably wasn't expecting to be as flat from day three onwards. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but the pitch was crying out for another spinner. Yeah. And, and, and um, uh- it it was absolutely. I mean, I I have I've looked at your tweets and you were absolutely bang on with most of them, with all of them. Um, Not all of them. Which ones? <laughs> most of them. All <laughs> of them. All of them. Um, yeah. I I till this day I don't understand why Swepson wasn't played. But I'd also like to touch on a quick point in the subcontinent where it, it's more of a question to you as an Australian fan. Um, do you see? Cameron Green as that all-rounder in subcontinent. I, I'm not doubting his abilities as a, as a cricketer. Yes. He's a great all-rounder, but would you rather have someone like a, maybe a Glenn Maxwell who can provide that spin option? Ooh. Yeah, Glenn Maxwell's a good shout, but um, look, I, I see Cameron Green as a wonderful option in the subcontinent um, in the future. I think at the moment I'm a touch concerned, and that's not to say he's a bad player or can't be a very good player. I love Cameron Green and I was defending him a lot in the Ashes series, if you remember, when people were calling for Mitchell Marsh to come in, but we won't talk about that. (laughs) Um, 
what I'll say about Cameron Green is he's got to be um, more proactive, number one. I think in the last test, he came in in a very good situation and then was like four off 20 balls, four off 25 balls or whatever it was and looked a bit nervous. Um, he's very good in first-class cricket at being proactive. And I think at that number six draw, you've got to be. But also, you've got to be in the subcontinent. You have to be light on your feet. Yeah. Um, sometimes we feel like he's very heavy on his feet. He can, he can push hard at the ball. I think... I think he's improving on that since the second or third Ashes test. Yeah. He's a bit quicker on his feet, softer hands. So he's got to be like that um, uh, with the bat in this test. I think this will be a good test for him. Yeah. Um, and I think as well, why I like Cameron Green in the team is he can offer that seeming option too. So if you want to play another spinner, you can have Cameron Green there as another seam bowling option. And if there's a bit of reverse available, he can, he can extract yep. it. I think and you look at in that uh, first test, I'll just say quickly, a couple of his Yorkers nearly stuck through. That's a yeah. good delivery he's got. Yeah. That's a good delivery he's got. Yeah. So I'm not going to say that, you know, he's the finished product or anything like that. And there's concerns about green in the subcontinent, but that's not to say he can't be a very good player. Like, as I said, in the Ash said, this kid could be anything. Yeah. And he's going to be a long-term player in the Australian team. You've got to support him. Um, yeah. And, and, and he's been scoring runs in the last few tests and yep. um, been taking wickets, as we saw. So there's things to like. Yep. And, and you're right. Um, he is going to be very important for, for Australia in the coming years. Um, but at this stage, the guy hasn't really played on any sort of pitches aside from Australian pitches. Um, yes. So that was his and, first test overseas. And so exactly. And mostly, early. mostly in Western Australia. So you have to remember that as well. Mostly he has 100%. played his career on... Put, Pitches like 100%. Um, so there's a lot of things to learn when playing in the subcontinent. The, it starts with your footwork and exactly your, and how, the you, difference, how, you, how you use your hands. Yep. Yep. And the difference between, um, you know, okay players and great players is how quickly they adapt and how, how quickly they learn. And that's why Steve Smith and Virat Kohli are one of the great players uh, because the way they change their cricket according to the, according to the environment, according to their surroundings, it's, it's brilliant. And, that's what someone like a Cam Green has to learn. Even someone like um, Mitch Swepson has to learn now because he can't bowl the same trajectory like he bowled on Australian pitches. Um, he has to change up. He has to think differently about the game. He has to think how the pitch will um, assist him and plan accordingly. Um, yeah. So it'll That's be really I would, exciting. I would have, yeah, I would have loved to see maybe Swepson get a game over the years in Australia, like, um, you know, if you could pr produce a spinning SCG pitch and play two spinners, just to give Swepson the taste of test cricket, because you put him in now, like he's got the, for me, he's got the ability to, to perform well, but you just put that added bit of pressure on him to debut in a test match away from yep. home in Pakistan with the series still up for grabs. It's like, yep. look, you've thrown him in the deep end, you know, in a way. Um, and look, that's not necessarily a bad thing. I guess it depends on how the player himself responds to that yeah but i think but the, he's been around the squad for a long time would have been yeah. nice to see him get a debut earlier but it's great to see him play um you're going to say something for us yeah the, the debut the debut was a long time coming for Swepson. 100 he's it's he's experienced time. in first class cricket he has taken loads of wickets in first class cricket over the last few years and um with 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 a long subcontinental year for Australia in the next 12 months, I think it's it's going to be really important that Mitch Swepson is in the setup, is feeling well about his cricket, is doing well with his cricket. Um, and 
I, I wouldn't even mind seeing someone like Glenn Maxwell at some stage in the subcontinent because I think Australia also has a Sri Lanka tour after this. Um, yes. Yeah. So I wouldn't even mind good, seeing Glenn Maxwell who can, who can absolutely provide that um, cover for Nathan Lyon because honestly, I think Nathan Lyon's Nathan Lyon's got, days this, days are numbered. We've got questions to ask about Lyon, and that's why I'm happy that Swepson is in the team and not an Ashton Agar. I don't mind Agar as a cricketer; I think he's a good cricketer. But I like the wrist spin option. Yep. It's it's more attacking, you know. Yep. It's that's why I would have liked to see Swepson in the first test offer your attack a point of difference. Yeah, finger spin on the pitch like that is difficult, but you get a, a leg spinner. Um, because and if, I think to, to support line too. I think line needs that support. But I agree with you. There's there's questions to be asked about absolutely. line. Yeah. I, I don't think I don't think test for him. Yep, I don't think a lion has a lot of years or even a lot of matches left in him now. Uh, we have we in you know this has been going on for a good one and a half years since the last India tour. Um, we have said, mm. and even in you have seen him in Sheffield Shield as well. He wasn't on top of his game in you know out there as well in the recent. He's toiling matches. hard. He exactly. has been toiling very and, hard. And yeah. to to his credit, he's a great baller. Don't get me wrong. Um, but there's only so much you can do with limited skills. Um, you know, in yeah, terms think... in terms of variations, cricket has moved on. Yeah. Um, and, I think and, you're right, and um. Yeah, and I think the support is very important there. Yeah. You got him on his own in the subcontinent, he's tough. But, you know, if he can play alongside a Swepson and they can work in tandem together, that partnership should be important. I think yep. that'll be a key deciding factor in the match. As is Norman Ali and Sajid Khan for yep. Pakistan. They've got they've both got good records at Karachi in red ball cricket. So um, that's going to be it's, an important battle. It's also going to be, as I'll ask you this as an Australian fan, it, it's... Um, I think of Nathan Lyon maybe playing another, you know, what, six, 12 months. Um, and if this Swepson uh, thing doesn't come to fruition, if Swepson doesn't perform to his full, you know, to his complete ability, Australia are left in a limbo with absolutely no spinner coming through the ranks in domestic. I don't, I have watched Australian domestic really closely over the last few years. I, yeah. haven't seen anyone really you know capture my yeah. attention what one guy i will say is is the one from queensland matt kuhneman i think he's yep. a good prospect uh a very almost like a lion but a but a left arm version so he's a left arm orthodox but he's very accurate yep. um and he was bowling on some flat pitches but would, would, would get wickets and and would, would maintain some sort of consistency and economy right that's one we keep an on but i agree with you our spin stocks is a worry. It has been a worry for a while. So we need to see spinners come through. We yep. need to see spinners come through. And, and yeah, there as are, you said, line won't be around forever. Yep. There are a couple of options, as you said. Uh, Matt Kuhneman is one. And the other one from New South Wales is Tanvir Sanga, who is a leg, leg spinner as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. Um, young, 19, 20-year-old. And, and he has been. He has been very impressive in his first Sheffield Shield season. So, um, so yep. I'd like to it, see him get more first-class cricket under his belt and, and exactly. get consistency. Exactly. Because a lot of these guys, they play a lot of white ball stuff. So it's having that that know-how in red ball cricket to build pressure. Yeah, absolutely. Really absolutely. Good. And uh, on on the on the coming back to the second test match, I would love to see I would love to see a pitch um sort of deteriorate over a period of time. Um and not, not just 
spin and bounce from the first itself to compensate for the yeah. for the first test. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully we get that that balance as well. That's important. You can't go too far the other way. I think. Um, yeah. But but I think I think it certainly will deteriorate because you look at the forecasting Karachi in the in the low to mid thirties, sunshine the whole test. So you know, sun will bake the track and it's very hot. So um, it'll certainly break up, and I expect the result in this test match. Um, just a question before we move on quickly uh, in the, to wrap it up. What do you think will be the key to the result? Well, maybe maybe one or two battles or one or two factors you think will maybe decide the test match? Um, I think the opening stand for Australia. Uh, they did pretty well in the first test, um, considering the, you know, the pitch was in their favor, in, in the batter's favor. But mm. if things start happening, if Australia, let's say if Australia don't bat first, and if things start happening after you know, Pakistan that's, have batted for a tough. day. That that's going to be tough for for Pakistan opening. Uh, sorry, Australian opening batters. And you know, Kawaja is in form. Warner has got a fifty. You know, last innings as well. So he's in good nick as well. Yeah. For them to start well and not expose Manus and Steve Smith early on is going to be really key. If that happens, then we are in for a cracker of a game. And agree. Um. Just just on that. Um. From a Pakistan's point of view, let's for you, let's see if you can speak from a Pakistan's point of view. From a for a Pakistani fan, what would you think is the best way to get um, get Australia out and get Australia's twenty wickets on this on this pitch? No, knowing knowing Manus and Steve Smith are going to be the thorn in the way. Yeah, so I was going to add to that about the openers. I think you know Manus and Smith are going to be crucial as well to Australia's hopes. For Pakistan, I think it comes to their mindset. Like, uh, for me, in the first test, they almost felt like they were happy with uh, with the draw or with with how things transpired. Like, I, I saw some quotes from Imam Haku, you know, good on him. He scored two two centuries, but he said, "You know, I didn't tell the curator to make a pitch according to me. It was the same for Australia. Yet we got their ten wickets." I said, "You got to get twenty <laughs> wickets. You got to yeah. you got to get twenty wickets to win a test match, not ten. Yeah. And yeah. Think about it. How many wickets did Australia throw away? Pakistan were bowling, uh, you know, a yard down leg side and we're trying to sweep it and we got ourselves out. Like, it wasn't as if it was brilliant bowling or it was from the pitch or anything like that. It was like the Australian players got themselves out. But what I'm saying is the Pakistan mindset. So what I'm thinking is I think the spinners will have a key role to play and I think they've got to create a bit more pressure against the Australian players. So Australia scored at a good rate in Rawalpindi. They've got to build a bit of pressure there. Yep. And also I think Shaheen Shah Afrida will have a key role to play and, and possibly Hassan Ali if he plays. If those two, they can get the ball to reverse. And if they bowl nice and full and target the stumps, they can work well in tandem with the spinners. So I think Pakistan's bowling mindset, but also the batting mindset of, yep. okay, you know, we're in a position where we can accelerate here. Let's accelerate because Pakistan batted nearly two days in the first test and didn't even score 500. Yeah, they had six wickets in hand. So it's just that mindset. I think from a Pakistan perspective, I think it's an important mindset from an Australian perspective too. Um, and for Australia, I think the spinners are going to be absolutely crucial. How well they can tie up an end and also threaten, yeah, um, build pressure. And uh, and that's the, that's the key thing. It's as as you said. Uh, it's about not when you're not taking wickets. It's about looking like taking wickets. It's about yeah. that threatening factor Trying. that you have. Um, it's not just being happy with the way it's, things are going. Um, it's it's really 
making things happen, how you can make things happen. Because test match is hard. You have to buy wickets. Um, the bat- batter won't just, you know, gift you wickets in test match cricket. So it, it, it's really it's it's really important to see what the Australian bowlers have planned for Pakistani batsmen. Yeah, so hopefully, you know, it promises to be a fascinating test and I really hope we get to see a really good competitive test match because when you get people talking about test cricket, it's the best thing. So fingers crossed to that and hopefully Australia get a win. You know, that'll be awesome. Absolutely, absolutely. Bit of other cricket going on. Um, before we wrap up the show today, we'll talk more about this stuff um, in our next episode. But the Women's World Cup, um, I've been fascinated by the tournament so far. Which which is the team that has surprised you or you've been most impressed with uh, so far? Um, West Indies. Um, yeah, agree. They have been they have been really really exciting to watch. They have been really fun to watch. Um, the way they have played cricket, they um, won against won a really close game against England. Um, won a really close game against New Zealand and um, yeah, their ballers, their batters have done the work as well. Their ballers have done the work two times now. Um, it's incredible. Yeah. Hayley Matthews, how brilliant she's been. Exactly. Yeah. But also Deandra Dotson. Absolutely. She's, she's a big game player that one. She's a fantastic fielder. Like catch the other day. Yep. Oh, that and, was brilliant. Uh, that was one of the best I've seen. She's been clutch. That that last over against uh, New Zealand in the first game, she doesn't bowl a lot anymore, but yeah. she said, give me the ball. And she delivered. Like, it's fantastic. I agree with you. The West Indies have been a breath of fresh air so far. And 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 just, I would like to touch on the um, West Indian baller batter, um, of which she's a keeper as well. Chidian Nation, she was really yeah. um, been doing... Not score hundreds of fifties, but doing that key work of you know just putting her head down and getting yeah. those runs in the middle order. Um, she scored one, you know, she scored a thirty six and a forty nine in the last two games, and that that to me, I think in the that those scores in the middle order with just the other other bat- batters playing around her, um, I think it's really key. Yeah, I agree with you on um, on uh, Chilean nation. Um, she played a very important role against um, against England because the Windies were four for ninety eight in around the twenty six over mark, and then it's an important role to play in that situation because you have to stabilize the ship, but then you have to accelerate later on as well. And for the Windies to get two twenty five was a good effort, and I agree with you. The Windies have been a breath of fresh air. They've been the team I've been most impressed with. Australia looked pretty good as well, but I think they're beatable. And I yep. don't like to say that as an Aussie fan. I want to see Australia <laughs> win, but there's a, there's a couple of teams that you can challenge. Australia can be challenged. There's no doubt about it. In a big game, like what happened in the 2017 edition, if someone has a blinder against you, anything can happen. Um, yep. A big game for India today, though. They play the Windies. Yep, a big game. Um, where do you think? Where do you think you have to improve? I think they've they've been very under par for me, India. I don't know why with any Indian team, their combination just doesn't, they don't know what the combination is going to be in World Cups. When it comes to World Cups, <laughs> we just keep chopping, changing the, the batting order for some reason. And uh, I, I don't understand it. Um, yes, you, you have been given a certain team and, and this goes back to the team management as well, but they, the players are to blame to some extent. The, the shots that they played in the last game to get out, I, I mean... Some of the shots were absolutely horrendous. Um, you know, Mithali Raj, an experienced campaigner, she was 
she did not look settled at the pitch at any stage um and and the openers need to have need to take more responsibility on, upon them they need to give india a fast start a, a good start a great start because to be frank they the 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 ideology that this indian team is following in one day cricket is the ideology of early 2000s and late 90s that be happy it's, with it's it's, a, it's yeah it's yeah, be, guided exactly be happy with 250 260 whereas nowadays 250 260 no matter what team is easily chaseable um having said that india failed to chase that in the last in the last um last mm. match but it's 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 you know time and again we have seen this indian team struggle when it comes to close games when it comes to you know putting their head down and just pushing on um they, all they need to do in this game is believe that they they can win and put their head down and do as they are you know fulfill their roles in the team to their full potential yeah 100% and they've got to have more intent to their play that's very important they get stuck too much so be interesting game today a uh, couple of test matches uh, as well going on around the world uh, england um finally scoring some runs they won for 217 zack crawley his second test 100 um he, 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 you know i was watching watching it during the night um the ball was swinging around a little bit uh with the new ball he dealt with that very well this is a good innings for him um and england lead by 153 runs with nine wickets in hand heading into the last day i think that the match was um or the day was suspended due to rain a little bit early so it looks as if it's going to be a draw um but if england want to push they've got to score very quickly in the morning and try and make a game of it but i think it's looking like a draw on a pretty good batting wicket yeah i think england can still make a game good game of this um if they can score another 100 in the first session tomorrow um and you know set a target of about 250 in in mm. the last two sessions and go on and all all out the, attack they can score more than 100 runs in the first yep. session Uh, yep. when when you got nine wickets in hand you can go and you got best though in the team and those yep. guys you can go 150 try get 150 yep, yep. 100 should be up. the minimum um oh for sure yeah because th- then they would be they would at least they can at least attack with their with their bowling with their base. Yeah, yeah, probably yeah, two yeah. of the yeah, best think, bowlers not, not being there yeah and you got mark wood injured too that's i yep. think it's going to be hard i think yep. it's looking like a draw but as as we were saying before if you can have that mentality of trying to win and giving yourself a chance then you never know um also india sri lanka day night test starts today um wasn't surprised at how the first test went i'm expecting more of the same in this one to be honest in bengaluru yeah absolutely and i i always wonder after these test matches that now let's say it's sri lanka no one can even give the reason that they can't play spin let's be honest let's be really honest uh yeah i think it it's it's time to um admit everyone uh to that india is probably the best home team f- by a mile by a long way mm-hmm. in in their home conditions and they are proving oh, for sure and and it, it's not even a question you, you know the previous tours from england and australia were you know with i would say almost tainted by this notion that 
or be- just because they can't play spin, that's why they lost. It's that's not the reason. Sri Lanka can't play spin. They have, you know, it's this it's subcontinental team, so you, they ha- they can play spin. We know they can play spin. the The reason India does so well in under home conditions is because they don't give the opposition even a sniff of of the game. They they take it, you know, they take it away from them in the the first chance they get they don't give any opportunities and that's what they did not do in south africa that's why they lost in south africa they they did not really you know step on the necks of the south africans when when it came to that um but you know agree, to full agree with that to yeah. to full credit uh, to india in the first test it was it was almost like yeah it, like no one was worried about it really to be honest no no and, and the warning news dominated it and all that yeah. stuff as well uh, but Jadeja was outstanding. He's a terrific cricketer. And um, I think India will have a good outing uh, in this one. And I think it's Lakmal's last test now. So, yep. And, and hopefully that's what he goes I mean. on somewhat of a high and uh, Sri Lanka yep. compete in this I'll, one. But it's hard I'll to just see quickly, it I'll just quickly touch on Jadeja. And that's what I mean by when I say Australia needs someone like a Maxwell. They almost need a, someone, like, yeah. someone like a Jadeja who can you know spin the ball and also score hundreds. Um, that's the kind of player you need in your team as an all-rounder. Um, so yeah, full Fair credit shout. to Jadeja. Yeah. Full credit credit to Jadeja for doing what he did in the first test, and it was brilliant to see um, him come out with flying colours. I agree with you on that. I think Australia needs to consider someone like Maxwell for the subcontinent tours. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Nash, this is awesome to be back and I'm really happy we're able to do this and we'll do this on a weekly basis. Thank you again for getting up nice and early on your Saturday uh, to do this. Um, Good luck for India today, uh, women and men's teams. Um, And of course, good luck to the Aussies. Good luck luck to to Australia. And this has been been brilliant, Shabal. This has been really feels good to be back. Good to be doing this. Yeah, 100%. Um, 100%. We'll we'll look to do do this more frequently. Um, let's see what happens. There's a lot of cricket to be played this year. There's a lot of um, IPL is coming up. Um, you know, a lot of lot of cricket to be played um, during the next six months as well. Absolutely, looking forward to it. And um, so rest easy, Warney. We'll miss Warney. Um, so thanks everyone for listening, and we'll catch you next week. Thanks, Nash. Thanks everyone. <laughs>